0: Hello and welcome to episode number 31 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts I am your host, Darren O'Neill. Back after a week off, having a lot of fun with the flu, wasn't off on vacation or doing anything fun. We have about 90% of our voice back, so hoping it'll hold out through today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the fact that I believe art is dead. This comes from a bunch of things that have been happening over the last few weeks, but the main trigger point was something that happened with the Chicago Cubs on opening day. We'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about how this affects things. When I say art, I'm dealing with not the highbrow Picasso kind of things like that necessarily, but the daily art that we deal with in our culture, things like television, radio, comedy all of these kind of things and lately there's been an assault on artwork there's been an assault on free speech and art is definitely a big part of free speech that's always been the argument with people if there was some kind of artwork that was controversial if there was a piece of art that caused a bit of an uproar it was always thrown out there that it should be protected because of freedom of speech Now, for some reason, the freedom of speech part of that seems to be eroding away, and people are becoming more and more willing to jettison this kind of artwork just to kind of erase it from the world, because that, they believe, is the way to keep people safe. And if you can see me, I'm doing air quotes. I know it doesn't work for an audio podcast, but they want to keep people safe by protecting them from this dangerous subversive artwork that, you know, it's so bad that it just shouldn't even be seen by polite company. Now, it used to be the type of artwork that was being involved in these kind of situations where things had to be removed were usually in the you know pornographic nature. They were in the obscene nature. They were really pushing boundaries to where people were offended by them. The problem is now the bar for being offended is so low. I mean, I I don't even know if Nick the Rat could get under it. He's a very little guy. He's a rat. But that's how low the bar has gotten. And it's a sad thing, I think, that nobody is standing up for this kind of stuff. It's a sad thing to me that otherwise normal just representations of our society are being thrown to the wayside because somebody felt they were inappropriate. This piece that I'm talking about that really triggered this for me, what happened in Wrigley Field, home of the Chicago Cubs, who is my least favorite baseball team in the history of baseball teams. And that's not the reason I'm uh, pointing them out here. But the Chicago Cubs on opening day, they had done some remodeling in the press box, I guess they put up some new pieces of art that represented the passes that had been used to get into the press box in years past. This was, a, this was a thing that they were doing. Nostalgia, right? This is what people like. We're going to show you what happened in the past. I used to love getting tickets to go to baseball games because they were works of art in themselves. Now we're living in a digital world that where teams don't even want to send out paper tickets. They just want you to use your phone. But I digress. That's another way, though, that how artwork is being totally removed and sanitized from our society. No more pretty tickets. There's a barcode on your phone. Congratulations, go into the game. But let me read you the story, or at least quote from the story here from the sporting news about what happened at Wrigley Field on opening day. The Cubs reacted quickly Monday afternoon after Chicago Sun Times reporter Madeline Kenny posted a photo of the Cubs' newest press box art. And, of course, this was on Twitter because this is the way everything is broken and all that now. The sign reads, Press Box Annex, Wrigley Field, Chicago. No women admitted. There's a date on the piece of 1945 in the upper right-hand corner. In the middle, the artwork is that of a pink poodle. The pink poodle was the name of the Cubs press dining room at the time. Make any joke you want, now hear about the Cubs. Having a dining room called the Pink Poodle. Maybe they weren't the harshest, meanest, scariest team back in the 40s, and they aren't again, so things come around. But this piece of artwork was literally screaming 1940s. It was a picture of a pink poodle, and it said, No women allowed. Because in the press box in 1945, there were no women allowed. But rather than take this as a sign of how far we've come, rather than take this for what it is, which is a representation of the past, it is a snapshot of the way life was in 1945. Rather than accept that now, we are, we're going to be offended by this. Oh, my God, how dare we? How dare we have artwork that would remind us that there was once a point that women were not allowed in the press box for Major League Baseball teams? This was just so offensive that, of course, people on Twitter are like, oh, how dare, you know, the Cubs, way to pick an artwork that, you know, shows or highlights sexism and all this other stuff. And what doesn't make sense to me is that everybody was well aware that this was a piece from 1945. This was a historical piece. This was a reproduction of what the pass for the press box looked like in 1945. So this reporter for the Sun-Times posts this, and her whole tweet was, oh, period. Newest addiction to the Cubs press box. Oh, period. I mean, that's really great journalism. Isn't it just, oh, oh, period. Just like, oh. So this is like, this is what they're doing, huh? I mean, I guess, I don't know. She didn't say she was offended by it, but I'm assuming by posting this with a little snarky, oh, that she was offended by this particular piece. But she posted the image to Twitter. It didn't take others long to call out that the phrase, no women admitted, was really, 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 really bad. But here, to me, is the thing that annoys me the most the Chicago Cubs caved. They caved immediately. It really threw me back to every Cubs team, except for the one that won the World Series like three years ago, was just a complete, you know, you could blow them down you know, by blowing a feather at him. This post on Twitter from Madeline Kenny of the Chicago Sun-Times was posted at 1056 a.m. opening day when she saw this piece of artwork in the press box by 1212 12 p.m. So that's an hour and 16 minutes later. And within an hour and 16 minutes, the Cubs told her they were taking the art down. <laughs> Holy crap, Cubs. What the hell is wrong with you? I really don't understand this. It was a historical piece. It said no women allowed. They were, they were letting women in. I mean, this wasn't like this is a current sign. This isn't a current thing. This isn't their current state of affairs where women can't come into the press box. Within an hour and 16 minutes, the Cubs caved, took the piece down, and replaced it with the photograph from a pink-out game that they had had. I don't know if it was from last year or some other year, but it was the artwork from a pink-out game. Because I guess now you have to appease the women because this was a piece that angered them. So not only do we take it down, but we have to throw up a piece that goes in the other complete direction of appeasement, to be like, yay, we love women. It makes zero sense because there was nothing wrong with the original piece at all. And to have that knee jerk reaction where you're going to pull a piece of artwork off your wall within an hour and 16 minutes because somebody tweeted this and people were going, oh my God, how horrible is that? I mean, have a set of cojones, Cubbies stand up and be like this was just a historical representation of a piece of artwork from 1945 and the fact that it says no women allowed should show us how far we've come. But no, that's not the way we treat things anymore. We don't take artifacts that show us how far we've come and revere them We take artifacts that show us how far we've come and we destroy them. We get rid of them. We say they're inappropriate, they're mean, they're sexist, they're racist, they're any sorts of different terminology that's used. I mean, you have to look at all of the Confederate statues that have been pulled down. Nobody says that you have to like the people that those statues were made of, but they were a representation of another time. They reminded us of things that happened. There's a reason. Why there are places that still exist in the world, like Auschwitz, that are there for a very specific reason to remind us of the horrible things, the bad things that happened in the past. When you start sanitizing all of this stuff, when you start getting rid of all of these reminders of the bad things that happened in the past, you know what happens? You are much more likely to repeat those things because we're losing the original lessons of, hey, we've tried this before, this didn't work, we've moved on, we've evolved, hopefully we've gotten better. But when you sanitize the world of this kind of stuff, you're not doing anybody any favors. And if somebody found a sign from 1945 that simply said, no women allowed, and found this to be so offensive that the piece had to be removed we're done i don't know where the hell we are we are as a society if that is one so offensive that people are going to go ape shit because somebody dare has a sign that says no women allowed from 1945 i really don't know if that's worse or the fact that the the company you know in this case the chicago cubs the conglomerate that had this piece of artwork up in their location decided immediately within an hour and 16 minutes that, oh yeah, that's bad. We'll take it down this we, week. We were bad. We, you know, this is how scared companies are. This is how scared people are at this point that if you're even dare to somebody say that you said something offensive, you could, your life could be ruined. Your company can be ruined. You're going down the toilet. People are getting fired. And these types of reactions are not good for anybody. These knee-jerk reactions are not good, and we're seeing them more and more today. And after this Cubs thing, I'm like, what else is being affected? And I think there's a lot of things being affected. Recently, I've been watching a lot of old television shows, and it's amazing to me how many times you see something in shows that were made in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, where you go. That wouldn't fly today. There's no way that could ever make it onto the air. I mean, there are some exceptions, of course. I mean, there's still the South Parks and things like that around. But overall, television has been very, very sanitized as of late. I saw an article not that long ago that millennials now find Seinfeld to just be a very, very offensive show. So many inappropriate things from having a character called the Soup Nazi. To uh, so there was one episode where George is caught staring at the television executive's daughter's bosom, and the daughter was played by Denise Richards. A very memorable episode, and and Denise Richards is very, very hot, and was extremely hot at the time. But that was being called out as being offensive and being sexist, and I just don't get that either. Men are gonna always look at women. I mean, this is a part of what artwork has been. For years and years and years and decades and decades and lifetimes and lifetimes. The fact that you're going to start calling this to be inappropriate and offensive just for looking now at somebody of the opposite sex, I really don't know where we go from here because biology is pretty simple. The species is created and wants to, in a way where we want to procreate. That's one of the biggest things encoded into our DNA. So, If you're now going to make it inappropriate for men to be looking at women or women to be looking at men in a manner of, in a a sexual manner, in a manner of lust or desire, you're screwed because there's going to be no way to stop that unless we just all die. And maybe that's what some of these people want. I just, I don't get it. I don't get Seinfeld being called out as offensive. What I really don't understand, though, is the show Friends is never mentioned in this way. At least I've never seen it. If if it has been mentioned somewhere, if people are calling friends offensive, if the millennials are giving this the same treatment they're giving Seinfeld, feel free to reach out to me and let me know. But as as far as I know, Friends is kind of like put up on this high horse, and we saw recently that Netflix decided to pay millions of dollars to keep Friends on their service. It's still one of the most popular television shows out there and it was a show that had a lot of really inappropriate humor. It wasn't really different at all than what Seinfeld was. There was a lot of gay humor. You know, they would be calling Chandler gay or, you know, that would be like, hey, I'm not gay. There was a lot of that type of humor in the show, but that was not being called out as offensive. I don't know why. So why Friends is getting a pass, I'm not sure. But if you go back and watch those old episodes, You really can see this would not fly in today's society. And the interesting thing is it's the funniest bits of these old shows that are the ones that are being called out as inappropriate. These are the things that are being really shouted down in a way of being we're being told this is not good. This is inappropriate. And you start wondering why is this? And major props have to go out to blitz from the no agenda chat room. Because I was talking about doing this episode before recording. And I was like, what's going on? with artwork. What, you know, why is this even happening? Is there any of these cases that I need to mention? And he pointed me towards a web page, which this is from the congressional record, 1963. And this was put into the record by a, an author who wrote the naked communist, Cleon Skousen. But these were listed as the current communist goals in 1963. And number 22 was continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American communist cell was told to, quote, eliminate all good sculpture from the parks and buildings and substitute shapeless, awkward and meaningless forms. But think about that. Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. I think that's what we're seeing now. I mean, from something as stupid as a picture in the Cubs press box that had a pink poodle on it that said no women allowed, we have to just we have to discredit all the culture. Instead of showing us how far we've come, you got to get rid of that. You look at all these things where the television shows, again, Seinfeld is bad. This was, I mean, Seinfeld is the biggest show, at least one of the top 10 in American television history, I believe. So we're, decred- we're decrediting this. We are trying to knock this stuff down. It was also interesting, too, in this list. Number 23 was control art critics. Number 24, which is something that's weird because it's not happening, which is to eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship. And I think we're in a case right now where it's going in the exact opposite direction. Uh, but number 25, I thought, was also really Related to what we're talking about today with art in general, which number twenty-five was break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, motion pictures, radio, and TV. And I think the the, the concept of pornography is kind of down by the wayside here in the United States. You're not really seeing pornographic stuff necessarily on television, but you're seeing a lot. It seems every show you watch, and I've heard this from multiple people. You know, every show you're watching now, there has to be a gay character, there has to be a trans character, there has to be all of this stuff that is a minority in overall society is being treated as it is the norm. Where it's being treated as it's, you know, hey, every person's like this. And nobody's saying that these people should be discriminated against. But it comes down to having an equal amount of television time, right? Let's why are we having to ingrain this? Why are these types of things being thrown into every television show? And I understand it's a slight exaggeration, but why are these things being thrown into so much of the movies and television and all this other media that we consume on a daily basis? And I do think there is something in there which is a concerted effort to push a certain political point of view. Look at the Lear Foundation, what they're doing. They made it very clear that they're going out and working with television shows and pushing a political agenda. And how many shows just lap this stuff up, whether it's talking about the global warming, whether it's talking about uh, gays, whether it's talking about any of this stuff that is on the liberal agenda. And we certainly can't forget the United States immigration policy, mass migration around the world, and they're pushing it down your throat. And it's just an interesting thing to look at. And this whole list is well worthy of reading as far as the thing from 1963, the communist goals. I think there is a whole podcast in that, so I'm not going to get further into this stuff, but there is a lot of good stuff on there. And I do believe a lot of it shows the roadmap to explain how we got to where we are today. And even more scary than that, I think it still shows exactly where we're going. Looking at a couple of other things that Ike would consider artwork and how things are going in the wrong direction, Kathy Griffin holding up a picture of, or not holding up a picture, holding up that Trump's head, you know, taking a picture of that, you know, the mannequin head looked like Trump, whatever that was, and got so much crap for it. I didn't like the political implications of it. I don't think this was necessarily high art. I didn't think, I mean, I kind of thought this was the lowest rung of the ladder, but hell, I believe she should be able to say what she wants. And if this is what she wanted to put out there, I don't think she should be silenced for it. I don't think she should be fired for it. I mean, especially somebody like her, you're going out and you're making your money on your own you're going out and you're trying to do stand-up or whatever, people come, they buy a ticket. If they want to, that's great. Nobody should take that away from her. She's an artist, whether she's good or whether she's bad, she's an artist. She can make a point that I don't like. I have no problem with that. I am firmly in the camp that free speech, people should be allowed to say anything they want. As my buddy Sir Bemrose said in one of our recent podcasts, Grumpy Old Ben's, that doesn't mean people should be forced to listen to you. You can say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that you have a guaranteed platform to say it on. It doesn't mean people have to pay any attention to you whatsoever. And that's firmly in the the crowd that I'm in. I think people should be allowed to say what they want. And it worries me that somebody that puts up a piece of artwork from 1945 that says no women allowed immediately buckles under Pressure within an hour and 16 minutes and takes that piece of artwork down. But it's going beyond this. And it's very weird things. And every once in a while, I wonder how Playboy magazine screwed up their concept as badly as they have. Hugh Hefner really stumbled upon a gold mine way back when, when he started publishing Playboy, because guys like to look at women. We've already talked about that in today's show. Playboy caved into social pressure and had a trans playmate, which for me was like the biggest sin of them all, and something that I'm sure sent a vast majority, if not nearly all, of their readership running away from the brand. There's something to be said for knowing what your audience wants, and there's something to be said for the fact that not every person, not every audience, wants the same thing. And there's no problem. There should be no problem anyway with a brand focusing their advertising on a certain group. There's nothing wrong with understanding that you have a base. There's nothing wrong with understanding you have a demographic. If you're a business and you realize that your demographic is 99% straight white guys, You know, I'm pretty sure you're going to advertise to those guys. I mean, sure, you're always going to be expanding your brand, but there's something to be said for advertising that you go after your base. And advertising really is art because all advertising is done in pretty much print media, the um, motion media, you know, TV, you know, any kind of moving pictures and audio. So you're going after. The market by using art. And the fact that, I mean, I applaud, although I think the guy got run out of Victoria's Secret. The CEO or COO was one of the top guys in Victoria's Secret that was like, yeah, no, we're not going to have trans models. We're not going to have plus size models on the catwalk. Sorry, we know our brand. And he took a lot of crap for that. But he understood that giving into these things was probably going to take his brand and flush them right down the shitter. Sports Illustrated has done the same thing if you've noticed now. And to me this doesn't still this doesn't still make sense to me. Sports Illustrated now was called out a few years ago on to start using plus-size models in the swimsuit issue. Again, guys like to look at women. There's always been different magazines for different people that like different things there's different websites for different people that like different things and trying to shove them all into one little area just doesn't make any sense to me but the the sports illustrated thing has always seemed just a little bit disingenuous to me where you've got like 19 really skinny toned models to every one plus size model that you're using i mean if there's ever been a case south park kind of saw this coming a long time ago by throwing in the one black character and calling him token. To me, this is exactly what Sports Illustrated is doing and they can applaud themselves and think they're being really progressive in the way they're presenting their art. But to me, I feel sorry for these models because I see them more as a token. And I just I don't know if you want to have a whole big magazine that's nothing but plus-size models, go ahead and do it. If people will buy it, that's great. But usually, I think the guys who want to ogle the models in the swimsuits, and I do that every now and then, I mean, it comes out once a year. What's the Harm Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue? But the guys that usually want to ogle the really toned, fit models are probably not the ones that want to ogle the plus size models. I'm sure there's exceptions to every one of those, but this is another case of giving into social pressures and be like, well, well, if we're doing this, we have to do this as well. So I applaud Victoria's Secret, for at least up to this point, with going, and, and they, they just introduced a few new models, and they are models of color, you know, so, and Victoria's Secret has never been about the blonde-haired white model, as far as the, the what's representing their brand. They've always had models, the hottest of all, Adriana Lima, which we talked about on the Grumpy Old Benz the other day as the pointiest chick of all, as my buddy Larry from That Larry Show calls women that are very, very attractive, the hottest women in the world, pointy chicks. Adriana Lima, probably the pointiest chick of all, probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous Victoria's Secret model, is from Brazil. We have Alessandra Ambrosio, also from Brazil. You have Candice Swanepoel, who, of course, is blonde and blue-eyed, but she's from South Africa. And uh, Sarah Sampaio is from Portugal. They have a bunch of models from all over the world. But, you know, that's not enough. And there's always going to be a push with all of this kind of stuff for more and more and more to continue to erode the way we're doing things and to try to push somebody else's agenda into that. And in this case, you what know, we started out the show with, with the Cubs, they thought they had a great idea. They were going retro. They put up a picture from 1945. Oh, my God, that was called bad. And within an hour and 16 minutes, they folded like the, well, like the 2018 Cubs and the 2017 Cubs. But I digress. I believe that art has multiple purposes out there. One is for things for us to look at. It's great. When you want to go and see a movie, you want to see the big, beautiful pictures on the screen. We're doing some great things with computer graphics, all of that. When you're looking at posters, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with having a swimsuit girl in your dorm room, something like that. But that's going to be called politically incorrect now. There's different types of art that's out there. I always thought art was twofold. One, you want something pretty to look at or you want something to make you think. And we have a society right now that's kind of going after both of those things because we don't want the pretty stuff to look at because then you're objectifying women. I mean, nobody really understands the fact that if I have a picture of a, a poster of Adriana Lima on my wall, they don't understand that she's making like, you know, $20 million a year doing these things that represent the poster on the wall. So I mean, I don't think she's being taken advantage of in any way, shape or form. And as far as making people think, well, the Cubs, in their weird way, had a piece from 1945 that should have made people think, one, what the hell was a pink poodle restaurant in the press box? That seems a little weird. But they should have made people think that, hey, back in 1945, we didn't allow women in the press box. Why is that? Why did things change? How did things change? Rather than being a lesson, rather than being something that could actually make people think rather than reminding people that, hey, shit has gotten better. People have moved in this direction. We can't have that anymore. We can't, we can't make people think about anything. We have to get rid of all of this art. We got to get rid of all of these Confederate things. We have to get rid of anything that has a Nazi symbol on it. I tell you, when you sanitize all of this stuff from your world, you're doing a disservice. I'm not saying you want to go out and glorify the Confederates. We're not saying you should go out and glorify the Nazis. But remembering that these things happened is an important part of our culture. It's an important part of our world. And people have such a short attention span these days that we are truly doomed to start repeating all of the mistakes in the past once we erase the fact that they happened in the first place. Well, I hope one of the mistakes isn't listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you like what you're hearing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. If you do, do me a favor and subscribe with your favorite Apple or Android device. You can subscribe on our website at randomthoughts.com. You can always reach out to us via email at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at random, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, podcast or my personal Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. Be sure to check out my brand new podcast that I am doing with Sir Brian Bemrose of No Agenda Chatroom Troll Room fame. It's called Grumpy Old Benz, and you can find that at grumpyoldbenz.com. The website's going up shortly, hopefully by the time you hear this. We did one episode, not live, well, we were live, but we recorded it to tape and then released it. Episode number two we did live on the No Agenda Stream, which is at NoAgendastream.com before the big no agenda podcast. And our buddy Larry from that joined us and we had an absolute great time. Talked for an hour and 45 minutes or so by all about all sorts of things. So please go check that out. Go tell a friend. So check out Grumpy Old Ben's. Check out that Larry Show. And of course, check out the No Agenda Podcast for helping us along with providing a stream and providing an audience that just blows my mind. You guys are absolutely awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for commenting. And uh, thank you for being just about the most supportive group that I can imagine. I am Darren O'Neill. Until next time, thanks for listening.